Okay, we are recording. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> All right, welcome. Are you seriously yawning right now? I'm sorry, I ran out of coffee. You know how people drink coffee to stay awake? I only stay awake when I'm drinking coffee. So while so you you can only be awake whilst you are in the midst of consuming coffee or Co- a coffee-related beverage. Correct. Uh, hello, I am Dylan Sullivan. I am Lauren Sutton. And uh, yes, this is, here we are. This is us. Um, we are here. We are indeed here. Do you want to look at our topic list? The one that I'm most interested in is the one about the uh, traffic trial in Texas. Did they ever actually go to trial? Based on what I'm reading on this article, uh, so this is the case of uh, Brandy Batone from Plano, Texas, just for, for the audience. So in July of 2022, she was issued a traffic ticket for driving in a HOV lane on the highway by herself. And when the officer gave her the ticket for it, uh, she said, actually... I do have a second passenger because I'm pregnant. And under Texas law, uh, this was shortly after Roe versus Wade was overturned in the Supreme Court. And under Texas law, a fetus counts as a whole entire person. So she said, by that logic, I am not in violation of the HOV lane. And I think, according to this article, it looks like the judge for, for that ticket was like, all right, yeah, yeah. I think I'm on the same article in PR. Yeah. So this article is about how she was issued a second ticket for the same violation. Yeah. So it says, do you understand with everything that's going on, this is a baby and she's 34 weeks. A judge agreed with her and the June ticket was dismissed. Yet there has been a second violation. Yeah. It is unclear whether that one will be tossed out. I mean... You would have to think that if the first ticket was tossed out, then the second one would have to be. She has given birth since the last incident. Okay, but at the time, she was... At the time, she was just pregnant. Yeah. So, so far, we have two HOV violations that have been issued to a pregnant woman uh, and or her fetus. Yep. So, so this, this case, as soon as it became a story immediately interested me and i'm sure many other people i mean it was like it was international news for a while so i i i was curious about it i hadn't i I felt like i hadn't heard anything about it in a while and so i just had to follow up and that's when i found out she got issued the second ticket that's crazy yeah so so what's the deal okay so the the first ticket gets thrown out right because the judge says okay yeah sure your fetus counts as another passenger that's not a violation. So then that's only happened once, right? So presumably that's not enough for traffic patrol to like get another special training to be like, hey, if the driver is pregnant, then they're allowed to use the HOV lane, which I think I, I think makes perfect sense if your law is going to say that a fetus is a whole entire person. Yeah, and some say that because it is a whole entire person, they should get tax benefits. Tax benefits. Um, what are the other benefits of having a human child? <laughs> hold on, hold on. There's a list somewhere I found. Oh, here's one. Random thought. But anywhere they claim abortion is illegal, shouldn't they also be charging employers for violations 
of child labor laws if the pregnant woman has to go to work at all. If the fetus is a baby, as far as the laws are concerned, it should be consistent. This is by yes. Tony D. Mann at Tony KM07. Shout out to Tony KM07. We love you. Keep doing your great work. Um, I mean, obviously, like, I, I agree that, like, if you're going to say a fetus is a person, then you have to, like, you know, be able to claim them as a dependent because they're less than 18 years old. Uh, you have to be able to, you know, get, you know, lowered taxes and stuff like that. The child labor is like, I mean, I know that that guy is like mostly That's joking. That's pretty far-fetched. Like, One says child support. The mother should get child support from the moment she gets uh, pregnant. Yes. If the father and mother are not married. Yes. That was the other thing. All right. So, so far we've got claiming them as a dependent for taxes. We've got child support. We've got... Uh, Tony D. Mann's uh, concerns about child labor, um, although I don't think the fetus is actually the one working, but um, that's a good point, a good point <laughs> to bring up anyway. It's definitely worth discussing. I did just think of one thing. I think this is a problem that would negatively impact the mother that I just thought of, given that she is bringing her child to work she might have to pay for a daycare fee because a lot of workplaces have a daycare that you can pay a certain amount. Some, some workplaces provide it for free, but some workplaces you have to pay for it. So then that could potentially end up hurting the I mother. I don't see how that could work, though. With a daycare, you have an employee watching children. If she is pregnant, I don't see how the employee... I mean, if anything, she should get paid double for having to watch, for the, having child. To watch the child. Yes, she should get paid whatever the, the daycare employees get. It's like probably some amount per hour. So she should, she should get that on top for, of it on top of for however many hours she's working. Yeah. So then she has two jobs at the same company. Yeah, but she only does one of them. I mean, really, she's doing two jobs. You have to give credit where credit's yeah, due, yeah, Lauren. Yeah, no, you're right. But yeah, I just, I've been interested. I've been intrigued by this case. And I think I may keep following it. This article about her getting the second ticket that we're reading, it's only two days old. So there is potential for future development. So maybe we may cover that in the future. Do you want to tell your Q-tip story? Oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yes. Let's, let's uh, tell the Q-tip story. Let's dive in. So it all goes back to years ago. Two years. Okay. No, two like years ago. Not two years ago. Two years ago. Two years ago. It goes back to comma years ago. Yes. Okay. Correct. Okay. That's not confusing at all. I had <laughs> I had issues with wax in my ears, right? And at the time I did not use Q tips because I was always told not to. And I go to a doctor at a CVS and the doctor essentially tells me a way to use Q-tips in your ears. That makes it okay. And he told me, you're not supposed to use it, but if you use it, do it this way. So I started doing it that way, right? Fast forward. So before, before we fast forward, are you able to paint a word picture about what this uh, like okay but not okay Q-tip method is? From what I remember, you... Spin the Q-tip in the circular motions. Okay. So you like twist it while also spinning in a circle. That's it. 
Okay. So fast forward. How many, how long ago was this? A few weeks? So um, early August 2022. Early August 2022. So a month ago. I am getting ready for work. I step out of the shower and I grab a Q-tip from the Q-tip jar that used to be a pesto jar. And, you know, I start Q-tipping my ears and I go way too deep, apparently, which is something I know now. And I'm trying not to go that deep anymore. But, you know, it is what it is. So it was was it was. It was what it was. So here I am twirling and circulating. Twirling and circulating. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> and, you know, like I always examine my Q-tips before I put them in my ears. <laughs> I don't know why, but every time I pick a t- uh, Q-tip out of the Q-tip pesto jar, I hold it in front of me and I examine it for at least one second. What What criteria does a Q-tip need to meet before it is inserted into your ear canal? I don't know. Just to make sure it's not going to break off foreshadowing so i start circulating and twirling and (laughs) what's so funny dylan because earlier you said twist oh i was close it's just a funny word choice continue well twisting and circulating circulating and twisting slash twirling you're you know rotating and gyrating yes there you go rotating and gyrating get that on a t-shirt uh, <laughs> copyright wasted minutes 2022 so here i am and i pull the q-tip out of my ear right this is after you have circulated and twisted and twirled and oscillated and gyrated the q-tip within your ear canal correct yes that is correct thank you for making that clear and i notice the cotton is gone so i freak out obviously so there was cotton on it, and I know because I examined it like I naturally do. And after gyrating it, I it was gone. So I freak out and I'm looking everywhere for this cotton q tip cotton piece. Could not find it, could not find it. So I go to you, Dylan, and I try and have you look. And of course, you're not going to see it because I go so deep in my ear. Canal. I'm, I'm like, I'm. At this point, I have a flashlight and I'm trying to investigate Lauren's ear canal to find this missing piece of cotton that was stripped off of the cardboard stick that this Q-tip is composed of. That's what I get for getting Q-tips on sale. Not not, not on sale. You just got... Uh, a cheaper... I got a non-Q-tip brand Q-tip. Yes. Q-tips a brand? I believe Q-tips are a brand, but they're owned by, I don't know, probably Procter & Gamble. Yeah, because I think those are Q-tips and then everything else are cotton swabs. Cotton swabs, yes. Yeah. So yeah, so after you are examining my ear canal and you can't see anything and I'm over here just like, of course you can't see anything. I like stuck it up to my brain. Yeah. And I tried I'm... to like get it out with another Q-tip. Very gently though. <laughs> And I'm and I'm just like that. That's not going to work. You're not going to be able to extract it. You're just going to push it in further, if anything. And then I I think you ask me, well, can you remove it with a pair of tweezers? And I'm like, I do not feel comfortable. You wouldn't be able to do it unless you saw it, though. Yeah, you couldn't so, see it. And I'm thinking like, I don't think I can do this. I think that you need like one of those tools that doctors use to look in your ear canal and you need like some kind of specialized extraction tool. Yes. And at this point, I needed to be at work probably in 20 minutes. And we live like 20 minutes away from your work. Correct. So I need to go, but I'm like so concerned. 
about this cotton. So I'm like, I'm going to see if I can get it out. So I like filled my ear with water from the faucet and I used my hand and like a suction (laughs) to like try and suck the cotton out of my ear. So I did that for like five minutes. Was not successful. You just kept like pressing the palm of your hand flat against your ear and then like moving it out to try and create like vacuum pressure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, did not work. Still cannot okay. find the Q-tip anywhere. The Q-tip cotton anywhere. You mean to this day or at the time? <laughs> Both. <laughs> <laughs> so now 15 minutes until I need to be at work and I'm like, I have to go in late. Like, I have to go to the doctor because this could get infected. And I Googled stuff and it scared me. So I'm like, I have to go now. And I, like, felt pressure in my ear. So, Dylan, you go with me to, like, an urgent care. And it was pretty empty. We sat probably, like, two minutes before I was called back. If 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 even that long. Yeah. So I go back and the nurse is like, so why are you here? And I had to say, you know how people clean their ears with Q-tips. And I could tell she was like holding back laughter. So your your so your nurse is trying not to laugh at your potentially medical situation. It wasn't as noticeable as I'm making it sound, but I could tell she was like has heard this she a was, little she bit. She was bemused. Yes. And so I said, Well, I put a cotton swab in my ear. Because it wasn't a Q tip brand. <laughs> it was it was a generic cotton swab. And after I twirled and did you say gyrate? We said lots of words. Okay. I pulled the Q-tip out and then the cotton was no longer on it. And so she's like, okay, well, the doctor will be in soon. So about two minutes goes by, probably less. The doctor comes in and then I have to reiterate, I had a Q-tip and I put it in my ear. A cotton ear. Sw- Correction. It was a cotton swab. Oh my goodness. It was a cotton swab. So I pulled the Q-tip out of my ear and I expressed this to the doctor, how there was no longer cotton on the Q-tip. So she gets her little ear thingy with a light, like magnifying. The thing they use to look inside your ear canal. Yes. And so she looks in both ears and then she looks in both ears again. And then she looks at me with like a slight smile on her face and says, there is no cotton in your ear. <laughs> See, already, this is a funny story, except I had to pay $50 for my copay for them to tell me there is no cotton in my ear. At least your insurance paid for it. That's true. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if it costs less for insurance not to pay for it. I don't know. Like Usually appointments, they, they cost however much they cost, no longer how long they are, no matter how long they are. Yeah, probably. And especially since it was an urgent care, that usually costs more. But anyway, it sucks because we live in the United States. I get on the subway and have three stops where I just flash back to all my life choices. And I get to work and I had texted my boss and I had said how there was an emergency. Okay, so did you say it was an emergency before or after we went to the urgent care? Before. Okay. Because I'm not going to say I got a cotton swab incident not initially yeah so i get there and everybody's like i hope you're okay so i get to work late and they're all fine because it's like i do nothing in my job except stand and stare at a wall and there are two co-workers one co-worker i had been working with for a few weeks then at that at this point and another this was my first meeting of her okay so i decide to tell the story which is humiliating 
but also hysterical. But, you know, it's okay because my coworker that I had been working with also shared a story of what happened to him that morning. And do you know what happened to him, Dylan? I don't. You told me, but I don't remember. So he has to wake up at like 4.30 a.m. to get there at 5 to set everything up and then open the doors at 5.30 a.m. And he wakes up and he's freaking out because he's late for work. And he gets on the subway and he gets there and he unlocks the doors and he walks in. And then he looks at the clock and it's 2.30 in the morning. (laughs) So he went downstairs to the lounge and slept on the couch only to be woken up by a maintenance worker who doesn't speak a whole lot of English. Oh, my God. And he doesn't really speak a lot of Spanish. But, you know, they understood each other when she tapped him awake. I don't know if that story is better or worse than mine. I, it's hard to compare them because they're, they're embarrassing in different ways, you know? Lesson of the story, though. Do not buy cotton swabs. Buy Q-tips. No, the, I think the, the lesson of the story is don't stick Q-tips to the cotton point where swabs. you're... Don't put cotton swabs in your ear canal and use them to stab your brain. I didn't. So that the muscles in your ear squeeze on the cotton and then pull it off of the cardboard stick and then, I don't know, like spit it out, I guess. I just put it in far enough where I feel a little bit of pressure. Pressure where? In the ear. What what part of the ear? The eardrum? I don't know. Maybe. Okay. See, now, I, I don't know. Okay. What just, if it is the eardrum? Am I going to go deaf? No wonder I can't ever hear anything. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. It's it's fine. Just continue your story. I, I forgot it. You were telling, it's gone. You were saying the moral of the story is don't buy generic, non-Q-tip brand cotton swabs. Yes, that was all I was saying. And then you said something. I said you shouldn't stab your brain with cotton swabs. Right. The end. (laughs) So, okay, but then there's one question remaining. Where did the cotton go? Because it it was not found in your ear canal. So that must have mean that it it either found its way in or it found its way out. (laughs) I mean, you know, we ask ourselves, you know, where where did it come from? Where did it go? go? Where did you come from? Cotton Eye Joe. That is a song for those who don't know. If you ever have seen the dancing that goes to it. The one where they step on the soda cans? No, it's a line dance. No, is it a line dance? I don't know. I think it's a line dance, but it's horrifying. Line dances remind me of cults. What, what is your, how much experience do you have with line dancing? Because I have zero. For, um, first of all, what? explain what line dancing is. Line dancing, you have, you stand in a line. Like, sho- shoulder, like shoulder to shoulder. To shoulder. But like there's multiple rows of it. So it's like a square of people, like a, a square group of people with multiple rows. So is it a line dance or a square dance? It's a line dance, but that's just how people stand because only so many people can fit on a dance floor and dance floors tend to be square or rectangular. All right. So you're lining up in a square formation. Sort of, but we're just in lines. Okay. All right. And then usually there are like five or six pretty basic moves and you just repeat them for what feels like forever. And they tend to have you turn around. So you do like... 
five motion standing one way and then you turn 90 degrees to your left or right. So you're doing this dance on all four sides of your rectangle. Yes. And you just do that. And it's absolutely horrifying from the viewer perspective. Because it it looks slash feels cultish. Yes. Interesting. And my goodness, I went to, I think it was when I was looking at colleges No, it wasn't when I was looking at colleges. It was when I did a theater convention at the college I ended up going to. There was like a party at the end of the week we were there or the weekend we were there. And I'll never forget. I was standing in this like room and Cotton Eye Joe came on and all these theater kids scream with utter joy and start doing this dance that I had never seen before, but was somehow worse than all the other line dances. Worse as in scary or worse as in they they weren't good at dancing? Scary, cultish. Because, okay, when you think of line dancing, a lot of people think of like Southern kind of... But you're from Virginia, and presumably these other kids are as well, and you're in Virginia. Yeah. So do you think that has anything to do with it? I have no idea. I don't think so. You don't think it's a Southern thing? I don't view Virginia as Southern. You're wrong. Your state was on the the wrong side of the Civil War. It was. You lost. (laughs) Not you specifically, but your potential ancestors. I don't know how far your family goes back in the U.S., but your potential ancestors, the forefathers of your state. I actually don't think I have many ancestors in Virginia. Like, I feel like we all, like, migrated from, like, Kentucky and Utah. If you have ancestry from Kentucky, I think you are more likely to have had a longer family history in the United States. Yeah. Because I think, I I saw some map of it sometime. There was, there's a... Of the United States? Of the United States, and they broke it down by state, like, um, what the dominant ancestry of the, the population tends to be in that state and it's things like you know in uh in florida there's a lot of uh people from spanish-speaking countries and in uh like idaho there's a lot of irish people and stuff like that but kentucky is the only one where they label it as american so i'm like what does american mean I don't think it means Native American because I think they would have said Native American or American Indian if that was true. Yeah. So then I can only think that that just means that the the people who live in Kentucky on average have ancestors that go back to the beginning of time, not the beginning of time, but the the beginning of the founding of our country or earlier so like during colonial times yeah. perhaps yeah huh interesting i yeah. believe it i mean i have traced my ancestry back to i want to say the 1600s and most of that was in the states okay I mean, I don't think were there people in no, the 1600s. I think, I think I went down to the 1800s. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. I mean, if you did go back to the 1600s, then there is a possibility that you could have ancestors from Virginia because Virginia was one of the earliest colonies. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Jamestown is the famous example. Yeah. 1600s. Was that when Shakespeare was around? I know he was like. I think he was around in the 15. 15- 
hundreds. Fifteen hundreds. He, he I was know it's the Elizabeth Elizabethan Elizabeth. Elizabethan. <laughs> so he was there for uh, the end of Elizabeth one, and the beginning of James one. He was James. He was James the first of England, uh, but James the sixth of Scotland, I believe, is is what yes. his numbers were. That was uh, Mary Queen of Scots' son, correct? Um, I think so. Yeah. That sounds right. It was some situation where, like, after Queen Elizabeth died, because she didn't have any kids, they, like, they, they couldn't find anybody with English royal lineage to assume the throne. And so they had to go back, far back up enough the family tree to where they found, like, a, a couple where the father was Scottish and the mother was English. But then they lived in Scotland the whole rest of the time so you end up with this scottish king who is like 164th english or something like that yeah i think i may be wrong but i think mary queen of scots like went became like a prisoner of elizabeth the first okay and i think they may have made a deal as well like if she didn't pursue she as in mary didn't pursue the throne in england because some people thought she was the rightful heir i mean a lot of that had to do with like religion didn't it just to be clear the only knowledge i have of this mostly comes from movies and television and a little bit of wikipedia reading just a little bit just, just a, a sentence or two yeah but yeah I just remember she got beheaded. Who Mary did? Mm-hmm. Right. She was a prisoner and got beheaded. She was a prisoner from, like, treason um, and got beheaded. And if the TV show Rain is to believe, her son did not come to her execution. So she had a son at that point? Yes. Okay. She had a son with the English man, I believe. So that's why I think they arranged for James to be the next heir because he had english blood and he had scottish blood so then england and scotland would be united yes okay we don't have to fact check it somebody can tell us if we're wrong i know i just don't want to include it if in the podcast if we're just no it's fine this is good content we'll just keep it (laughs) very true maybe if we can go back to the story about your coworker being awoken by the maintenance person yes i have a uh, a story that is uh, slightly uh, similar to that okay so a few months ago i'm traveling by plane to my brother's college graduation we have some weather issue that causes my flight to get canceled and i'm like oh, crap i might not make it to my brother's graduation this really sucks and I'm calling the airline and trying to, you know, stand in line at the customer service desk. But of course, everybody is because my flight was not the only one that got canceled due to weather. A bunch of them did. So all these people are trying to get customer service and the line is long. There's only one person at the desk and then his shift ended. So then we have to wait for the next person to get there. Meanwhile, while I'm standing in line, I'm on the phone with the airline's customer service to see if if I can get them to fix my issue before I make it to the front of the line. It ends up working out. I end up getting uh, a series of flights that get me to my destination. So I'm flying out that night 
and I have a layover in Boston. This is my first experience with Boston's airport. So I get there. It's like 1 or 1.30 at night. My original flight was supposed to be at like 8 o'clock. And so I was supposed to get to my destination at like 11. But now I'm in Boston at 1.30 in the morning. And so my plan was always to be, okay, when I get to Boston, my flight out isn't until the next morning. I'm going to sleep in the airport terminal until it's time to wake up for my flight. At this point, my biggest concern is waking up for my flight. So I set an alarm on my phone and I put a note next to me where I'm sleeping to say when I need to wake up or when my flight was or something like that. So that like maybe if a kind stranger sees me and sees that I need to wake up, maybe they'll wake me up. But that was not how I woke up. How I woke up was that a member of the airport staff woke me up. This is after about half an hour to 45 minutes of me trying to sleep on this bench in the Boston airport that kind of smells like onions and is really gross. But I finally get to sleep and this guy disturbs my slumber. And I'm like, who who even are you, guy? And he's like, you have to, you have to leave, you have to, you know, exit the terminal, uh, whatever, until whenever it was, three in the morning or, or four in the morning, which was like an hour and a half from when I got woken up. And I'm like, so I barely slept and now I'm barely going to be able to sleep before I can go back into the terminal if I can sleep at all. And I'm really annoyed. So I'm following this guy out of the terminal and then as he gets to the exit, I kind of sneakily sneak away from him to go to the other side of the terminal. And so I've thought, great, I've escaped this guy. I can sleep in the terminal for the rest of the night on this other bench and I'll be fine. As I am finding another bench on the other side of the terminal, I look down the hall and who do I see but the guy who woke me up and he's looking at me. And so like, I know he saw me and I I can't, I can't like pretend that I didn't see him. And so I just try and go about my business as usual, like just, you know, pretend like I, you know, and just going to set up camp and everything is okay. But then who do I see next to him but two Massachusetts state troopers? And I'm like, come on, guy, why'd you have to get the cops involved? So now I'm like, okay, I have to go. I have to be escorted out of this terminal by Mark Wahlberg and his associates and... It was annoying. So basically, long story short, I found out that the terminal at Boston's airport closes and at, at a, whenever the last flight leaves or arrives. And so you can't, you know, at whatever time the security checkpoint closes, you have to leave the terminal and then you have to come back in the morning whenever the security opens. And I was so surprised and perplexed by this because my entire life experience up to this point has been you can just sleep in the airport terminal, right? I had no reason to expect that the terminal would close at a certain point at night and that I couldn't sleep there. Like, where have you been where the airport closes, you know? I'm sure plenty of people have, but that's just not my... That hasn't been my experience. It's like the first time that I... that I found a gas station that was closed at night. I had to fill my car up with gas and I go to this gas station and you can't buy gas. They're closed. 
And I'm like, what kind of gas station is closed at any time? I feel like I grew up just with gas stations closing. But this was a completely foreign experience to me. Like everywhere I had grown up, I just, I don't know if I had never been there when the gas station would be closed or if they legitimately were just all open 24 hours. But I just, you know, up until that moment, I just expected that all gas stations are open all the time. You know, I didn't really think of them as like businesses where people work. I just thought of them as like a bunch of automated fuel dispensers that you can just use at any time. You know, that don't require human monitoring. But I guess they do. It's a bummer for me. I wonder what caused that. Like, not being able to monitor these gas stations. I mean, wasn't there a certain point in the past where all gas stations had uh, attendants who had to fill your car for you? I mean, I know that's how it works in New Jersey currently. Sure, in New Jersey. But I thought that there was a time in... The United States where that was just the norm like in the 50s or something that seems like a very 50s thing it does yeah you know yeah. where you can where you can you know leave your parents house at age 16 and you know buy your first house at 19 with your job as a gas station attendant that's that's what it was like back then well this is the end of our episode yep thank you for listening please follow us on all the social medias we have a website yes uh, you can find us on our website wastedminutes.fm that is the best place to go to keep up with the podcast you can also follow us on twitter follow our subreddit the subreddit is where we take most of our feedback that we can talk about on the show later but please don't be mean yeah, let's try. Reddit and, is a mean place. Let's try and be wholesome. I tried Reddit one day and it, it went badly. So let's try and make our corner of Reddit be a nice, wholesome place. Yeah. Can you guys do that for us? That'd be great. Yeah. We'd really All appreciate of the, it. Um, one viewer that is listening. We, we, there's at least two listeners. Yes. Right both now. Of us. <laughs> right now. <laughs> Maybe one day we'll get a third. Maybe. It'll probably be a family member. Or a distant cousin. Who is a family member. Technically, yes. All right. Well, all right. This is truly it. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And we'll talk to you in the next one.